It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. I'm having a hard time believing it's a Monday already because my weekend just blinked by. I went to bed last night thinking, I got to go to work tomorrow? But I don't recall having a weekend. All right, let's do this. Miss Mary's got some good guests coming on this morning, a little bit later on, that have to do with the Wyoming Legislative Section. 6.06 is the time. I'm looking at road conditions. And it's just one of those days where, you know, be careful. We, get, we got some snow overnight. Yeah, there, there was some snow that fell overnight in some areas. It was light. It was nothing heavy. But you know what that does to the road. So depending on where you are, you might have gotten some of that, and that starts your day. Highways across Wyoming, in fact, I was on some over the weekend and, you know, Sunday, too. Snow drifts, patchy ice problems. I saw a few wrecks out there. So it's just one of those conditions where watching. Because there was a couple of times, well, several times, when I'm with a line of traffic, and we're all up to 80 miles an hour. We're doing great. And we turn a corner, and all of a sudden, ice all over the road. Not just black ice, but kind of thick all over the road. Or a snowdrift had moved out into the highway. And we're all suddenly slowing down. Whoa, that's why there were a couple of wrecks that I saw over the course of the weekend. So just careful out there. All right, let's get the first scandal thing out of the way here. You know, of course, Friday, FBI searched Biden's Wilmington home found more classified documents and material. I think the difference here is the FBI did not raid the home, but they still went in looking for more classified documents and found them. At this point, for the Democrats out there, they're really having a tough time defending this guy. And I was looking for this morning. I haven't found it yet, but I want to find him because I've heard the quotes on air. I've heard them play quotes on air of the president in the past there was a time that he was in Congress, he was a senator, and he was on a panel where somebody, not I don't believe it was an elected official, had been caught with classified documents accidentally. And there's audio of Biden just ripping this guy a new one because of, well, you have this classified, don't you understand the importance of these materials? And when uh, the FBI went after Trump's classified documents, some of the things that Biden said about, I just can't believe, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, and he just goes ahead and rips into Trump. Well, at this point, the Democrats are trying desperately to defend this guy, and they're running out of excuses. And it doesn't help. I don't think Biden realizes it doesn't help. When Biden says, oh, I had no idea that these documents were there, I was, I'm shocked. That doesn't make you look better, Joe. That makes you look worse. Really bad. So figure this out, Joe. And there are some Democrats now calling for investigations and so on into the president. There was one call for impeachment 
I don't know who from, but one of the stories I came across, somebody, I think it was an article written by some newspaper. Somebody said, uh, he can impeach the president over something like that. But, okay, it, there's more classified documents. Here's the story. Bob Bauer, the president, uh, personal, president personal attorney, said in the same that during the search, which took place over nearly 13 hours on Friday, Department of Justice took possession of materials it deemed within the scope of inquiry, including six items consisting of documents with classified markings and surrounding materials, some of which were from the president's service in the Senate, going all the way back then, going all the way back from when he was a senator, still in one of his houses, some of which were from his tenure as vice president. That still goes back quite a few years. Department of Justice also took further review, personally handwritten notes from the vice presidential years. Uh, those six items were in addition to materials previously found at Biden's Wilmington residence and in his private office. So the federal search for Biden's home, while voluntary, the story says, marks an escalation in the probe into the president's handling of classified documents, which inevitably draw comparisons to Trump. The FBI, five months ago, and then the story goes into what happened with Trump and so on. Okay, so at this point, again, they're just sort of running out of excuses for this guy, and the Democrats in the media are struggling. Now, let's see, one of the stories I also have here. Justice Department investigates six more items, and now they're searching for other locations to look. Yeah, again, the story starts off here as they take possession and so on. The search was, again, consensual. That's why the FBI did not raid. Comes roughly after 10 documents found, classified markings. Okay, we went through that. Well, basically, the story behind this is, so where else would this guy have had classified documents? Besides where we found them so far, they would like to know where else did he keep classified documents? Where else should we look? That's what's going on right now. It is kind of fun to watch, well, hosts on MSNBC, you know, things like that, trying desperately to defend this guy and Democrats in Congress trying desperately to defend this. And also, and I, I, I want to feel sorry for her, but she's just, this is going to be mean. She's just too stupid to feel sorry for her. I That's a horrible thing to say, I know. But the White House spokeswoman, Every single day she gets up in front of the press and every single day they ask her questions about this and every single day she dodges the question. In some way she finds a way to dodge the question rather than answering anything. And every day she's got to get out there and go ahead and do that again. And she's so bad at it. All right, here's another story, AP. Got to be careful because it's an AP News story. AP News is often wrong and very biased, but okay. Biden should be embarrassed by classified documents, the story says. Senior Democrats dismayed by a steady stream of startling disclosures expressed criticism Sunday of how the president handled classified material. Lawmakers who have ex uh, anticipated questions on the debt limit in Ukraine, things like that. Instead, they're being asked questions about this. In fact, even the president's getting really annoyed. Whenever he shows up somewhere, he was in California because they were talking about uh, the floods. No longer about the droughts. They're talking about the floods. So he's in California, right? 
And when he goes to take questions from the press, this is what they're asking about. And Biden's really getting annoyed by it. Quote, Biden should be embarrassed by the situation, said an Illinois Senator Dick Durbin, second-ranking Democrat in the Senate, adding that the president had seceded the, the, had seceded the moral high ground on an issue that had already, well, President Trump, special counsel appointed Attorney General Merrick Garland, is investigating, quote, well, of course, let's be honest about it. When that information is found, it diminishes the statue of any person who is in possession of it because it's not supposed to happen. The elected officials bear ultimate, ultimate responsibility. Senator Joe Manchin, Democrat, West Virginia, Biden should have lots of regrets. This is because Biden said, I have no regrets. He should have lots of regrets, he said. You might just as well say, listen, it's irresponsible. The president told reporters Thursday he had no regrets. But just say, look, uh, apparently I've made a mistake. Yeah, he's made a lot of mistakes over a period of years. Because as I explained just a minute ago, they found documents from back when he was a senator. And then documents from vice president. Okay, and I wonder, have they found anything while he's been president? Durbin, Dick Durbin says it's outrageous that either occurred Biden and Trump, but the reaction by the former president and the current president could not be in sharper contrast. That's where he still tries to defend Biden. Well, let's talk about sharper contrast. There is a difference between the way Trump reacted and the way Biden reacted, and I think both are equally bad. It's different, but it's both equally bad because here this president is trying to dodge and avoid the embarrassing question. Rather than just stepping up and saying, wow, I had no idea. I really made a huge mistake here. Let's correct that. He's not doing that. He's avoiding. He's dodging instead, which is not. It's different than Trump's reaction but it's not better. And he's just making himself look worse. And here again, some top-ranking Democrats are having trouble defending this guy at this point. 616 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Sometimes the best. Radio. This is Wake Up, Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Six nineteen is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Okay, I'm answering some people who've been sending me notes over here. And a couple of people that are already up this morning. Great for Colin, Jim, and Casper. Rian, poor danger. I'm going to switch gears real quick. Because if you've been paying attention to the news over the weekend, you've been listening to the whole Joe Biden scandal thing. And I'm waiting to see what happens this week with it. Do they find more... You know, what excuses, et cetera, et cetera. And if anything's ever done about it, which I don't expect anything to be done about it. Oh, when it comes to classified documents, if you are a lower level person and you've heard these stories, major trouble. But when Hillary Clinton had a whole computer at her home, unsecured, and then when she was investigated, she destroyed the information. Nothing was done to her because she's Hillary. Trump, 
Uh, there was a y- lot of yelling and screaming about it, but so far I don't see anything done. I just yelling and screaming about it. That was about it. And then with um, this president, I, I don't see anything being done about it. I, you know, I really don't. I, just based on past history, there'll be a lot of yelling and screaming. But you really think any action will be taken against Biden because of this? Now, if any of these people that I just mentioned, these three people, were lower level, oh dear lord, right? But no, not when you get this high up. Nothing's done but a lot of yelling and screaming. Okay, so. I want to switch gears real quick here because this story was reposted. It's fun to repost this every so often and look at it, but it's once again a nothing burger. It needs to be something taken off the the list of laws. I'll give you an example before I tell you what it is. Some years ago, there was in Colorado a couple of little girls who every single year, their parents took them to Disney. One year, their parents said, we've had a tough year. We can't afford to take you to Disney. To help raise money for a Disney trip, the girls thought, well, maybe we started a lemonade stand, which is really cute because, honestly, they'll never make enough money with a lemonade stand. But this was their idea. So they went and put a lemonade stand out in the front yard. Next thing you know, the police are there, and you're not allowed to do that. You can't put a lemonade stand out there. And when the public got mad about it, the mayor with the police chief were in front of the press. We cannot guarantee the safety of the lemonade. We don't want you to. So while that fight was going on in Cheyenne, Wyoming, I find out that they have such a lemonade law. But the city council at the time said, yeah, but we don't enforce it. In which case I said, well, then get it off the books. And there was a big above uprising in Cheyenne. And and the city council took it off the books. Don't ever put something like that on the books. You can't. Don't. We're in Wyoming. We don't do stuff like that. All right. So, Jory Greenwald, one of our reporters uh, in the Laramie County, Cheyenne area, uh, KGAB Radio. Reminder, says the headline from Joy, letting your car idle unattended is illegal. Now, this is for people who start their vehicles and let it warm up while they are uh, getting ready to go to work. And I've played for you in the past, there was some ridiculous piece that was put out a while ago. Well, idling your car is actually not necessary. And they also, you know, you shouldn't do it because of climate change, they say, but it's not necessary anymore. And then I went ahead and responded with a video and an article showing that, indeed, it is. If you live in a climate like Wyoming, yeah, and you get up and the temperature's in the negatives and there's ice all over the vehicle, and damn right you're going to warm up your vehicle. There's laws against that, though. All right, so her story, according to the National Weather Service, Cheyenne, expected to stay cold and wet in Wyoming for the first part of February, with many areas struggling to reach the freezing mark. In other words, even just 32 degrees. Most of you will be below it. And the story goes on to say that, um, let's see, 6 to 10 day talks about the forecast here. Just a reminder, it's actually attempting to warm your vehicle up before getting into it. But he actually illegal to do so in parts of Wyoming or Wyoming in general, I think is what she's trying to say. The story. And that's all she gets into it. You have to look at local ordinances and so on. And mostly what they're worried about with ordinances like this is, well, 
you're leaving your car running and somebody could come along and steal it and they don't want to have to deal with that so don't well the answer to that of course is since i've lived in wyoming now when i first moved to wyoming i moved to gillette when i first moved to gillette i get up on a sunday morning and i go to a lo local perkins restaurant for something to eat it's still dark out it's cold it's snowy and as I'm walking into the restaurant, I notice there's a whole lot of vehicles that are left with their engines running while people are in there eating. It was that cold out. Yeah, I've seen that before, but I've also seen other people around, not just my neighborhood, but at work, just, again, warming up their vehicles before they go. Not just so it's toasty inside, but it's easier to scrape heavy ice off and so on. But the idea behind the law or, or local ordinances, but they don't want to have to deal with it if your vehicle is stolen. Now, some of you have a key fob where you can go ahead and start your vehicle while you're still inside your house and your vehicle remains locked, although running. And that's what that thing is set up for, so you can warm up your vehicle without having to go outside. I have to go outside to start my vehicle because mine is a stick shift. And I can't, and let, the vehicle will not start until I have the clutch in, and I can't leave it running unless I'm in neutral. So I have to have the parking brake on in order to do that. Maybe the next vehicle that I buy, I'll do it so I can just point out the window and start the vehicle and let it warm up. But according to some ordinances, they don't even care about that. Now, I did get a note from somebody over the weekend that they, there's somebody who wants to get that changed for the state of Wyoming. Somebody is proposing some kind of a bill. I don't know if it'll make it through or not. But that bill would say, well, let's just go ahead and change that. So we don't have to worry about that anymore in the state of Wyoming. Okay, that would be great. I would love to see that. Because once again, it's not something that's actually enforced. I don't know of anybody in the state of Wyoming, uh, police anyway, that has ever given out a ticket for this. I have never seen such a thing. Do you know of anyone? I don't know of anyone who's ever gotten a ticket for leaving their vehicle idle like that. I would say it's a good idea if, it, if it's possible to, if, to keep your vehicle locked while it's running so it doesn't get stolen. But my answer to that is, but wouldn't that be on you? I know the police, the city councils oftentimes pass an ordinance like this because, again, they don't want police running around dealing with stuff like this they have enough to deal with already. But isn't that on you to make sure that your vehicle is properly secure while it's left idling? You don't just leave the keys in it and leave it running. Now, last time I told a story like this, I brought up that uh, twice in a two-week period while when I was living in Tampa. At the same convenience store, I happened to pull up just in time. Somebody hopped out of their car. They left the car running, not because it's winter. This is Tampa, right? They're going to go into the store, just get something real quick and come out. So they just left their car running. And in both cases, somebody jumped into the car and drove off. Now, my answer to that is not to make it illegal to do so, but just to let everybody know, hey, somebody left their car running and it was stolen. If you get the word out there, people tend to be a lot more careful about it, right? 
All right. So that's what I would do anyways. Just let people be aware. Make sure your vehicles are locked, but get it off the books that it's illegal and keep your car running during a time like this. We are in Wyoming, after all, where some of you over the next 10 days are going to be waking up to sub-zero temperatures. Let's wake up Wyoming. day. I had a serious story for you, but I'm putting that aside for just a second. This is really going to make your day. So I'm just scanning through social media while you were in that news and information break, and I come across this. Facebook has flagged something as false information. It's a meme, and that means they block it out and put a notice on it that says false information. And I can either move on or I can click on it to see what it is anyway, despite the fact that they're saying it's false. Now, this to me always makes me say, oh, well, if Facebook is flagging it, now I've got to see what it is. I can't let it go. I have to see what it is. If Facebook had not said anything, I probably would have just scrolled right by and not cared. But they said something and told me it was false information, which means because it's Facebook, it's probably true. And so I have to stop and see. There's a picture of uh, Marty McFly. Uh, Yeah, this is from Back to the Future. Arriving in the future. Okay, so he arrived in the movie on January 19th. 2023. All right. So that means he just got here on the 19th, just earlier this month. And it shows a picture, not just of Marty McFly, but it shows, and also uh, the, uh, was it the City Hall, I guess, in the background with the clock tower? Okay, so it shows that. But it also shows the information inside the DeLorean in front of the flux capacitor that shows the date of a destination, January 19th, 2023, directly from the movie. Facebook flagged that as false information, a fictional movie. So, okay, let me check something here. Um, Let's see. What date did Marty... McFly go back in time. Okay. Uh, Day in history we celebrate. Back to the future, October. Okay. 
Um, sets his information. Okay, I'm just looking at a different story here. When did he arrive back in time? Because the only thing I can think of is, did somebody get it wrong that he actually arrived back at a different time in the movie? See, that's when he was born. That doesn't matter. Let me say, um, let's see, arrive back in time. That's maybe what I'm looking for. Okay. Celebrated October 21st because that is the date Marty McFly originally travels to the past. Yeah, but that's the day he traveled to the past. What did what date did he arrive? Okay. Well, I'll see if I can find that out because nobody's actually popping it up right in front of me in any article that I can see here. So the best I could figure is, is January 19th, 2023, not actually the time? Either way, it's all fiction, right? It's all a fictional story, and yet Facebook has to flag that as this is false information. Facebook, you suck. So hysterically so. See, here's another one. Uh, false one. Yep, there's same one there. I just came across it again. So Facebook is so hysterically bad at this point that every time I see something blocked out, I have to go investigate just so I can laugh at Facebook. The vast majority of the time, Facebook is getting something wrong. Yeah, there's a few times, just a few times, I looked at something and thought, no, they're right this time. That actually is false information. It's, it's actually happened just a couple of times. In most cases, there is, earlier I was picking on AP News. In most cases, they're as bad as AP News when it, gets, when it comes to getting things factually correct. Those are the fact checkers that were assigned. Now, I know most of this is an algorithm. I get that. In most cases, we're dealing with an algorithm. There's not actually a person there going through this and looking at it. Either way, this is the, Facebook hired people to be fact checkers, and the people that they hired are a bunch of idiots. And those are the people who wrote the algorithms that are supposed to be fact-checking to make the internet safe for you and me. I know, I get it, there's a lot of false information on the internet. That's absolutely the case. But what Facebook and Google and all the others, and for a long time Twitter, didn't seem to understand is, who also puts out false information is your news media and your government. Just because the government said it doesn't mean it's true or accurate a lot of times it's really beyond a lie or just misinformation or they just got it wrong. That's your government for you. That's your politicians for you. Okay, Miss Mary. Thank you, Miss Mary, because as I'm talking, I'm not finding it. All I'm finding is October 21st, 2015. Now, I did come across that number two. So the best I could figure, Mary, is that perhaps the movie has October 21st, 2015, and saying that it was January 19th is the false information. But still, the Facebook algorithm catches this and flags it? That's just hysterical. 642, Wake Up Wyoming. This was Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS. 6.48 is the time to wake up Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box where Frank Gambino is waiting by. Uh, so, Frank, 
one of the biggest sporting events in Wyoming happens in February. Uh, there's plenty. Uh, chicken roping. No. What? No. What? That's huge. No. No? No. Well, maybe it depends on where you are. How many chickens are there to rope? Let me see. How many uh, How many people are actually roping chickens? Yeah, It was actually brought up in the state legislative hearing by <laughs> Senate President Ogden Driscoll there, buddy. So maybe it's a big deal. Maybe it's a big deal to him. Yeah. Uh, the licenses are hard to get in cities and towns <laughs> like Wyoming in need for another tier of licensing for this event. I guess you have to be licensed for this. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Uh, Dewey Place in Moorcroft. Crowds gather at an arena in Moorcroft. How big is an arena in Moorcroft? Can you really call it an arena if well, it's in Well, you know, it could be like a big barn. <clears throat> yeah, you know, okay, so, yeah. okay. uh, let me see. Livestock comes to the gate, and out come the chickens. And it's just like calf roping, but with chickens. Okay. Yeah, it's the same thing. Maybe it's a Let's see. maybe it's a north northeast Wyoming thing. I don't know. I see. This, this this is weird. This is creepy. The story here says that Dewey's the action goes down in the back room, <laughs> well, <laughs> which then. is cleared out and set up to accommodate a miniature arena. Aha! Uh-huh. Miniature Moorcroft makes sense. Aha! Uh-huh. They put up a little pen. Okay, and let me see. Then uh, here's some people from. <laughs> recluse Campbell County places like that the rule is you can't jerk your chicken above your knee when you rope them so you got to rope them but you can't pull them way up in the air okay okay you, you just got to catch his two little feet and trip them up well that's yeah now the degree of difficulty exactly going yeah okay uh, and then of course there's judges on this I mean, you know, uh, there's a 45-second time limit, five-second penalty for a one-heel loop, must attempt to throw the rope, not just drop it over the head, must rope the chickens. You can do the head first, then the heel, no choking. Oh, you got to wrap this sucker up. Yeah. Okay. And this is in February now? Yeah. Yeah. If you rope a wing, you must remove it from the... Do not rope wings. Okay, so you got to remove that and try again. If the chicken is running along the fence, you can push it off the fence with your foot. Okay. But no chicken abuse. No. Killing the chicken is a $100 fine. You'll love this. If your chicken craps in the arena, you have to clean it up. Aha. Uh-huh. I'd rather be fined 100 bucks. All righty, the National Football League playoff Cincinnati with former Wyoming Cowboy and Casper native Logan Wilson will be in the AFC Championship game for the second year in a row as they beat Buffalo on the road in the snow yesterday, 27-10. The Bengals soundly beat the Bills in every way, shape, and form, especially in the physicality department. Wilson, from his middle linebacker spot, had seven tackles, four of them solo. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow, 23 of 36 for 242 yards and two touchdowns. Bills quarterback and former University of Wyoming star Josh Allen 25 of 42 for 265 yards. No passing touchdowns, but a rushing TD. The Bills were out of sync from start to finish. And Allen caught an ear fill from star receiver Stephon Diggs on the sidelines. He caught just four balls for 35 yards in the game. So Cincinnati will be at Kansas City in the AFC Championship as the Chiefs eliminated a pesky Jacksonville team 27-20 in the NFC yesterday. San Francisco beat Dallas 19-12. And the 49ers will play at Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game as the Eagles bombarded the New York. 
York Giants 38-7. In men's college basketball from over the weekend, the Wyoming Cowboys finally picked up a Mountain West Conference win and broke an eight-game losing streak with a 58-57 win over Colorado State in Laramie on Saturday. Noah Reynolds with a big free throw with 2.6 seconds to go, and Hunter Maldonado stole the ensuing inbounds pass. Pokes watched a 14-point lead dissipate, but Reynolds led the way with 17. UW 1-6 and six in league play, 6-13 and 13 overall. They'll be on the road tomorrow at Nevada-Las Vegas. Wyoming Cowgirls lost their second in a row. They were beaten by San Diego State in Laramie on Saturday, 73-66. Cowgirls were outscored by 10 in the first quarter and 11 in the third quarter. Quinn Weideman led the way with 19, but the team as a whole went 3-13 of 13 from the three-point line and 9-15 of 15 from the free-throw line. UW will be at Utah State on Thursday. In junior college basketball from over the weekend, the Casper College women improved the 17-3 with a 72-55 road win over Northwest DePaul. Casper is rated 23rd in the country. They got 13 points from Logan Alvar and Jocelyn Igo. Casper College men lost Northwest DePaul in overtime, 93-84, so they're 15-5. Jamison Epps with 25 for the Tebers. Both the Casper College men and women will be at Central Wyoming College in Riverton on Wednesday. I just uh, had a major question answered. Some college students rolled up a massive snowball. I mean, about as tall as you, right? Like a bull? Oh, okay. Yeah, big sucker. And then they went to roll it down about 100 steps to see what would happen. Doesn't even make it a third of the way down and it falls apart. Oh. Ah, see? Okay. Now you can go throughout the rest of your day knowing that. You cannot take a big snowball and roll it down that many stairs. It won't make it. Oh. No? Thank you, for Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. Next hour, Tyler Lindholm, former Wyoming State Senator and Director of Americans for Prosperity. They're in Wyoming now. He's up. And also President of Wyoming Family Alliance right after him. Next hour, Wake Up Wyoming. Six of times. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Some of you last night got just a little bit of snow. Just a little bit. It will be cold for a while. My sister in Lake Wills, Florida, is listening. You'll be happy to know, sister dear, you are in the right place because we're going to be in, yeah, let's say, the mid to lower 20s average around the state of Wyoming for about the next couple of weeks or so. With nighttime lows, as you just heard Don Day's forecast, nighttime lows getting even colder for some people down sub-zero. So that's just, we're just stuck with that for a while with the occasional passing snowstorm. Now, if all goes well, in just a moment, we'll talk to Tyler Lindholm, State Director for Americans for Prosperity. Also, 720 is scheduled Nathan Winters, President of the Wyoming Family Alliance. And they both want to talk about legislation and things that they have planned. Now, for those people who are opposed to ranked choice voting in the state of Wyoming, that's dead. Dead in committee. I'd like the same thing to happen for Medicaid expansion. But okay. An effort to let Wyoming municipalities run ranked choice election in their own communities as an experiment to see how it would work for the state was rejected by the legislators' House Corporations Election and Political Subdivisions Committee early Friday. Oh, God, what a name. Legislators' House Corporations Elections and Political Subdivisions Committee. <sighs> Come up with an acronym or something. Anyway, ranked choice voting, also known as instant runoff, gives voters an option to rank candidates 
in order of preferences. So first, second, third, beyond that. So when you get your ballot, this is my first choice. This would be my second choice. And down the ballot you go, filling out all the names from first to last. And if there's no clear winner, no one clearly gets the majority, then they work it from there and start doing sort of a runoff thing. All right. The legislature would have allowed municipalities to run local ranked choice pilot programs, again, to see how it would work for the state. The biggest concern, the story says from Cowboy State Daily, about ranked choice expressed during the committee meeting were potential for ballot exhaustion and for other candidates with less than a majority of first choice to win elections. That has happened in some places, by the way. House Bill 49 opens the door, the story says, to a complicated, convoluted, and needlessly complicated voted process, said Secretary of State Chuck Gray, who lobbied against the bill. And Wyoming's current uniform procedures for elections while opposing an immediate and logistical complications that we don't want to have to deal with. But that's basically what Chuck Gray was arguing. Just too complicated. Under the ranked choice system, if no candidate gets more than 50% of the first preference votes, the candidates with the fewest first preferences vote is disqualified. Yes, whoever gets the least is just knocked off and they just start recalculating from there. The voters are ta the votes are tabulated again and the voters with the second preference picked up eliminated votes. Gray said that these procedures lead to a number of perverse incentives. Ranked choice elections eliminate primaries, by the way. So voter exhaustion, according to the story, this is an interesting part of it. Gray brought up the concept of ballot exhaustion, a phenomenon which when a ballot is thrown out, if it fails to list a candidate over the first choice that is eliminated for uh, contention. He says what appears to be the terminology is exhaustion um, is that because we got to run it again and again and again and again is essentially what he's saying. And after a while, people just get sort of tired of the whole process. Tyler Lindholm is on the phone with me this morning. Tyler, you been good? Yeah, doing great. So he used to be in the Wyoming House, right? Yeah, yeah Wyoming House. Yeah, Wyoming House for one. Okay, and you've been out of there for just a little while, but that doesn't mean you haven't been active. So now, and I was hoping somebody would start a chapter here in the state of Wyoming. You are starting a chapter of Americans for Prosperity. For those who don't know, what exactly is that? Yeah, so Americans for Prosperity is a nonprofit that is a national nonprofit, uh, but they also have chapters in 35 other states besides the state of Wyoming. Now, granted, it's been a hot minute since another chapter's been started, and uh, Wyoming is the 36th state, and it's all about uh, economic development and economic empowerment for individuals by getting government out of the way. Okay. Um, and that's what they really focus on. So getting government out of the way, do you work on the local level or the state level or all of the above? How do you do this? Yeah, all of the above. So whether it's tax issues or it's professional licensure reform or it's criminal justice reform, uh, any and all of those types of aspects, uh, Americans for Prosperity will be engaged. Okay. So I would assume then if you're starting a chapter, that means looking for membership. And is this local in your area up there in the Sundance area, or are you talking statewide? Statewide. Statewide. Well, Sundance is 
it's certainly where the, the headquarters is going to be. And I know there's going to be some people that are kind of smirking at, you know, why Sundance? Well, I live in Sundance, so it's handy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, statewide. And you can go to americansportprosperity.org and you can sign up right there. It doesn't cost anything. We don't want your money. Uh, but we do want to help you engage with your legislature, or county commission, whatever it may be, uh, to be able to help make an impact in your community. Okay. So, again, go to the website, sign up for that. Is there a local website or social media people can find you? Sure, yeah. So if you go on Twitter and just look up Americans for Prosperity uh, uh, Wyoming or Facebook, either or, um, those those uh, social media sites are out there. As far as the website, we're, we're still developing that Wyoming specific content to be up and uh, we should have that up and running within the next month. Okay, please let me know as soon as you do and I'll go ahead and put that out there for folks. So what do you need from people as far as involvement goes? What do you need them to do? Honestly, it comes down to grassroots activism. If you're passionate about something and you see a piece of legislation that, that comes about, now granted I'll, I'll put an asterisk on this, if it's something to do with economics, whether it's uh, a tax increase you want to help defeat or it's uh, regulations, you want to put the brakes on, something like that, we, we want you involved, and we want to help you go go to your Wyoming legislature or go to uh, petition your government in, in whichever way you can to be able to put the brakes on that. We want to help you. Okay. Um, so just get a hold of us, and if you want to get a hold of me directly, I mean, I'm happy to give out my cell phone number on here. Go ahead. Okay, so let's do that, but also, again, where do they go to sign up so they know they're... Sure. So you can go to americansforprosperity.org and sign up right on there. You just sign up for the newsletter. And what that does is that puts uh, that puts you in the Wyoming camp and the folks that run that website automatically send me um, your information. Now, we're, we won't contact you unless you check that box and say, yeah, please contact me at the state level. Or you can just get a hold of me at 307-282-0968. Okay. Are you going to be in... Um, my area soon. I'm up uh, in in Casper right now. Uh, yeah, I'll, I should be down there in probably the next uh, week and a half, two weeks. Yeah. Okay, let me know when. Yes, sir. All right, love to talk to you again. All right, that's Americans for Prosperity. Go ahead. Thank you for coming on, Tyler. I appreciate your time this morning. No, I really appreciate you. Thanks for the opportunity. Sure. So uh, sign up, become a member, get a chapter started here in the state of Wyoming. Just go head over to their website or use that telephone number he just gave out. See if we can get a, a chapter started in the state of Wyoming. Again, activism to get government out of the way so your business is easier to run without all of the interference is basically what they're for. 715, Wake Up Wyoming. Take a look. Call Glenn Woods now at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. Seven twenty is the time to wake up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Miss Mary, hopefully in just a moment, we'll be able to put through the next guest. So this next one, we will have, by the way, Tyler Lindholm back on. He just sent me a note. He wanted to have a little more time uh, to discuss. He, he called in late for Americans for Prosperity and some of the bills that they're worried about. But also, there's Wyoming Family Alliance, and they have some legislation that's in front of the state right now. Wyoming Family Alliance, with notes I have in front of me here, said tracking the progress of legislation that will affect families lives of religious freedom and will analyze all of the pending bills focused on those that affect areas of concern and so there's several bills that they're working on right now which is let me see definition of home-based educational programs 
protection of parental rights. There's also a bill on crimes, obscenity revisions. Life is a Human Right Act and parental rights in education. That's just some of the things that the Wyoming uh, Family Alliance wants to work on. And they've been very active in the state legislative body, House and Senate, trying to get these bills passed. So if, if we're able to get Nathan on the line, then I'll go ahead and talk to him about that. A couple of other things here. Uh, let's see. Story that I'm just sort of tracking for you. Again, this is Cowboy State Daily. Lack of trains cost Wyoming $100 million in coal revenue. Hmm. Wyoming coal mines saw an uptick in production last year. About 50 million tons of production didn't happen because last uh, lack of rail. I didn't know that that was going on. I knew that we were having supply chain issues. But, uh, hey, here we go with Nathan online. Morning, Nathan. Morning. How are you doing? Very good. For those people who don't know... Explain what the Wyoming Family Alliance is. Well, we are here to serve families in every way possible. But, but what we really focus on is a, a state where religious freedom flourishes and really where the First Amendment is loved and protected. And then where families can thrive as a result, where life is cherished. And when it comes to an understanding of all of that with families, oftentimes we get involved in the education discussion very particularly which is kind of what this current legislative session is uh, looking like right now. Okay, so there's certain bills that you're tracking right now in the Wyoming uh, House. There's House bills of one Senate file going through. So let's talk about the first one. Definition of home-based educational groups. What is that and why is it important? Well, this is a really common sense bill. As a matter of fact, it just went through the House Education Committee last Friday and passed all nine of the House members voted for it in that education committee. And what we found is that when a person wants to have a home-based education, uh, kind of a homeschool, oftentimes they were restricted by state law to only having one family and one parent teach a child when sometimes they're on a distant ranch. And there's another family right next door that if they could share some of those responsibilities, it would have been better for both families. And so all it does is actually a one-page bill, and it strikes one sentence out of the end of the bill that then allows for uh, uh, families to actually band together a little bit better and provide the best kind of education for all of those children. I have heard cases where some families wanted to get together and hire a teacher and start like a one-room schoolhouse. Is that allowed? Well, this is one of the big questions that came up in that committee hearing, because that was very, very doubtful. And so in the past, what you've had is co-op. Uh, when I lived up in the town of Thermopolis, there was a very large co-op that I know of that met, and I would actually go visit with them on almost every Friday uh, morning uh, when the kids would come in. But normally what you had is a, a lot of parents standing around with a lot of kids. And so th this was one of those things where it was a question in law if some of those parents would have left the room, what would have happened there? And so what we want to have is good law that protects parents and their right to choose the best educational opportunity for their children. On that note, HB 78, Protection of Parental Rights, what is that? Oh, now that one is uh, vitally important. Matter of fact, I um, when you look at the parental rights understanding, there's several different bills on parental rights this year. 
And uh, this is one that just allows for parental rights to be the default position to be understood in, in, in legal cases. And so um, when we talk about the disclosure of uh, what someone would be talking about with a child, uh, unless there's uh, cases of abuse or something like that, that there is a default position to protect the rights of parents in understanding what their ch- children are going through. Okay. Now, another one that's been real big in, well, in the Toronto County, for one, but it's HB 87, Crimes of Obscenity Revisions. Does that have to do with the material that's in some school libraries? Yes, it does. Well, actually, more so, it has to do with county libraries. When you okay. look at the statute um, that they're citing there, again, this is a, a one-page bill, but I think it's very, very important because there are a couple of provisions in there, and uh, I believe that there will be an amendment on uh, when it's presented in committee uh, to kind of change a little bit of, of some of it. But what's most important there is there has been a loophole in the law uh, for for a number of years that basically allows for um, essentially pornography. It was never considered uh, something that would ever be uh, uh something placed in a in a library until fairly recently but uh what we've found is that there are books with uh very very graphic depictions of uh sexual acts taking place that's available for uh, underage children and so what this does is essentially lift that out of the law and says no this is not allowed in uh libraries and in school libraries in the past there was a provision there because it was understood that, that certain kinds of sex education, at least what people thought of in sex education in, in the uh, 1990s, say, where um, there was a basic understanding of hygiene and, and then um, just some basics, that that should have the opportunity to, to be taught to children. But what that's become, especially in the last uh, three or four years, is something radically different than what people originally intended. And so this is uh, there to change that law and make it better for families and children. Okay. Uh, two more real quick here because we're getting a little low on time. So HB 152. Life is a human right act. Now, what a novel thought. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right at the very beginning, uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, uh, that they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life. Uh, when, you, when you think about the basic right of what it means to be a human and what we have understood in the United States of America as a foundational self-evident truth, um, that has been under assault for quite some time. And this is, I think, possibly the most important bill. It does a number of things, and, and it's a longer bill, so I wouldn't go through the whole thing. But one thing it really does is it addresses the questions that have been raised uh, by a judge. Um, there was a group that kind of judge shopped over to Jackson and was able to get a bill from last year protecting life uh, put at least on a hold. And this one addresses those those very crucial concerns. Okay, there's a, one more in here and I want to talk a little bit more about what the Wyoming Family yeah. Alliance is. Do you have time to hang through a news break? I do. Okay, uh, it's just going to be about six minutes. we got news and information that we got to talk about. Then there's the SF-117 Parental Rights and Education Act, which I want to talk to you about. But also, for those people who haven't heard of the Wyoming Family Alliance, be thinking about how to give them your elevator pitch and realize in the state of Wyoming, elevators are really only like five stories at most. So it's got to be a quick pitch, right? 
All right. That's right. So we'll do that right after news information. Thanks for hanging in there. This won't take too long. Coming up on some local news that we have to take care of, right after local news update on your weather forecast. Then we'll continue with Nathan Winters, president of the Wyoming Family Alliance, as he talks about a Senate file, Senate file 117, parental rights in education, and then exactly what is the Wyoming Family Alliance. And if you want to participate, how you can help them out. Let's wake up, Wyoming. It's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So patiently waiting by on the phone, Nathan Winters, president of Wyoming Family Alliance. We're going through a bunch of bills here that they are watching and reporting on. Thanks for waiting through, Nathan. What is Senate File 117 Parental Rights in Education Act? It's a very simple bill. And yet when it's been presented across the nation, some who uh, very much oppose the bill, some, some people on the radical left have tried to paint it as something that it isn't. And they've given it a really odd moniker in Florida, for instance, where uh, Governor Ron DeSantis really worked on it, too. Uh, but what it does is it lifts up parental primacy and uh, um, authority uh, as the client in education. And so... Um, it's designed there just to protect parental rights and education. And it really targets from uh, kindergarten to third grade, making sure that what children are taught about their bodies and their sexuality is something that is held between the parent and the child rather than the school trying to step in and institute their own ideas uh, about that subject. And so it's just parental rights in that, in that area. Okay, so this is the one in Florida that they tried labeling the Don't Say Gay bill which right. is just a, nothing to do with that moniker that they tried to come up with yeah okay absolutely nothing to do with that okay so the uh, wyoming family alliance where does the organization hail from i assume it's statewide and how do people get involved with it yeah well let me give you just a brief history i agree with you that most elevators the highest ones probably only go to the fifth floor so here we go <laughs> families of course as we know are the building blocks of civil society and uh, when I had stepped out of the legislature, I had the opportunity to really see some of the challenges that families in Wyoming were facing. And uh, there had been, of course, a significant assault on families across our culture for many years. Uh, and so a number of a couple decades ago, three decades ago, uh, Dr. James Dobson could see that he was focusing on the family. But many of the challenges that he was facing as he focused on the family uh, had happened because the state had been turned into an adversary of the family rather than an ally. And so what was then known as Focus on the Family Action, now known as Family Policy Alliance across the nation, had really, uh, it started a, a, a federalist model, just a grassroots, every state supporting itself kind of model uh, to try to help uh, fa protect families in public policy. But for many, many years, Wyoming was just viewed as flyover country, and as a result, kind of left exposed on these issues. And so I had the privilege of founding Wyoming Family Alliance to fill that need in Wyoming uh, to protect families against the challenges that some in our culture were creating. Uh, 
we had seen that uh, we had gotten a front row seat to, to that as we watched down in Colorado is a very small but strong, very wealthy group of individuals had begun to shift Colorado about 15 years ago. And some of those individuals actually began targeting Wyoming very specifically. And there really wasn't a robust um, group of people who could stand up and say, those are illogical ideas, and so someone needs to stand up. And that's what we wound up doing. And it has been absolutely wonderful. We are based in Wyoming, funded by people of the people of Wyoming, and uh, it has been tremendously blessed with a very good staff and uh, the opportunity to stand up in a very okay. good way. So how do they get a hold of you briefly, and then i got to run to weather and so on? Yes. Um, so if you go to wyomingfamily.org, wyomingfamily.org, you can read all about us, and then secondly, you can see the issues that we're focusing on and so we're asking everyone to get a hold of us at wyomingfamily.org. Okay. Nathan, uh, come back anytime you want to talk about some legislation and what you're working on. Glenn, it's been wonderful to talk to you as well. I appreciate uh, it. Absolutely. 740 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. This Wyoming. Some lie letting you vent. This is Wake Up, Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888 Woods. 7.46 the time off. We'll go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Okay, I have an analogy for you. If you were to walk into a walk-in freezer at a restaurant and just stand there for the next 10 days, that will be warmer than the next 10 days outside in Wyoming. Yeah, there will certainly be times that'll be the case. This will be true late in the weekend and early next week. And as the true Arctic air comes in, I mean, we're going to be cold all week, but it's just going to be January cold, 20s to near 30 degrees for highs, cold nights down in the teens, a little bit below average temperatures. But uh, by this weekend, uh, as early as Sunday morning uh, or as late as Monday morning, a lot of parts of Wyoming are going below zero. Okay, and we do have the occasional snow shower. Like when I got to work this morning, I was driving in in just a light snow. Yeah, now some areas late yesterday and last night picked up a dusting to an inch or so of snow. It kind of depends on where you are. When we get into this pattern where the jet stream dives south out of British Columbia and Alberta through the Rockies, a couple things happen. It stays cold, which we just talked about. And about every day or so, there's going to be these little waves coming through to produce snow showers and flurries, kind of like what we had last night and this morning. Yeah. No one's going to get clobbered. But they're going to come through about every day or so, and that's going to produce flurries, light snow showers and plains, a bit of snow in the high country, uh, just enough to make roads and highways slick. As the Arctic push comes in late Saturday and overnight Saturday and the Sunday and Monday, probably going to see a bit more of a significant band of snow with that front as it comes in this weekend. And you got your road report coming up in the next half hour, about quarter after the hours when we run that. And one of the things I noticed, I was on the road this weekend, and boy, you can drive along 80 miles an hour, and everything's beautiful. Turn a corner, and dear Lord, the snow drifts, the ice, and so on, and saw a couple of wrecks out there because suddenly people hit a patch that they weren't expecting. So I'd say watch out for that over the next few days or 10 days. Well, yeah, there's been so much snowfall over the last several weeks, especially in central and southern Wyoming, that even though the roads are cleared, there's a lot of snow on the sides yeah. uh, that's been plowed away, and that some of that's melting during the day, runs across the road comes black ice late afternoon and evening and it causes those black ice patches 
And so, um, you know, this is where the old snow causes problems. And and you, you brought up a good point. You just, you got to be really careful. Those bridges, those exit yep. ramps, those are the areas to really watch out. All right. Thank you, Don. Don Day with Day Weather. So, yeah, I, I, that was a problem. I did see a couple of wrecks this weekend because of that. Off we go to the ice box, which is pretty much outside right now. And Frank Gambino walking, waiting by. Okay, so, Frank, have you heard about the... Um, Squirrelette. The squirrelette. Yeah, okay. It's like a wallet, but it's made out of a squirrel. Really? With the tail and everything? Yes. Squirrels have rabies. Yeah, but this is dead. Oh. Okay. So, so basically, and so in, instead of taxidermying a squirrel, he taxidermied it into a wallet. So the fuzzy side is, <clears throat> is on uh, top of the wallet? Uh, yeah, you're basically zipping down its backbone to get to what you want. <laughs> This, of course, do, was... Do people have better things to do with no, their lives? No, no. You're in Wyoming. This is a Wyoming invention, by the way. We should be proud of this. <laughs> oh. How uh, does it fit in your back pocket? I just, no, it's... You know, here's the next thing. For those people who take a look at a fanny pouch, you know, the fanny pack that people... Yeah. And that just... Don't wear one of those no. fanny packs. Well, this is a squirrel fanny pack. It's not a wallet. Oh. It's a squirrel fanny pack. Is this for guys or girls? Uh, you know, I'd say it's Wyoming, so whichever. <laughs> Whatever you want to do here is just fine. I, I can't think of too many people who are going to have a squirrel Well, for a fanny pack. It does take a certain personality It certainly type. does. <laughs> <laughs> and a certain amount of beer to even invent the thing in the first place. But I'm looking at this guy who's wearing, it looks like a fuzzy fanny pack. But again, then you think, but that's a squirrel. And then he unzips it, and there's his wallet and his keys and oh, all this kind of stuff in it's there. It's a man purse. Now, yes. Yeah, so of when, a squirrel. So for those, yeah, and for someone who said, well, it's a fanny pack, it's a dead squirrel <laughs> fanny pack, okay? So top that. There are people who will look at it and love it. And those are the, if you are the one who would buy something like that, it will help you identify who your friend should be. Yes, absolutely. All right, the National Football League playoffs from yesterday. Cincinnati with former Wyoming Cowboy and Casper native Logan Wilson will be in the AFC Championship game for the second year in a row. They beat Buffalo on the road in the snow yesterday, 27-10. to 10. The Bengals soundly beat the Bills in every way, shape, and form, especially in the physicality department. Wilson from his middle linebacker spot had seven tackles, four of them solo. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow, 23 of 36 for 242 yards and two touchdowns. Bills quarterback and former University of Wyoming star Josh Allen, 25 of 42 for 265 yards. No touchdown passes, but a rushing TD. The Bills were just out of sync start to finish, and Allen caught an earful from star receiver Stephon Diggs from the sidelines. He caught four balls for 35 yards. So Cincinnati will be at Kansas City for the AFC Championship as the Chiefs eliminated a pesky Jacksonville team 27-20 in the NFC yesterday. San Francisco beat Dallas 19-12. The 49ers will play at Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game as the Eagles bombarded the New York Giants 38 to seven. In men's college basketball from over the weekend, the Wyoming Cowboys finally picked up a Mountain West Conference win. They broke an eight-game losing streak with a 58-57 win over Colorado State in Laramie on Saturday. Noah Reynolds had a big free throw, free throw with 2.6 seconds to go. Hunter Maldonado stole the ensuing inbounds pass. Pokes watched a 14-point lead dissipate, but... 
Reynolds led the way with 17. UW 1 and 6 in league play, 6 and 13 overall. They'll be on the road tomorrow at the Vanna Las Vegas. Where Cowgirls lost their second in the row. They were beaten by San Diego State in Laramie on Saturday night, 73-66. Cowgirls were outscored by 10 in the first quarter and 11 in the third quarter. Quinn Weideman led the way with 19, but the team went 3 of 13 from the three-point line and 9 of 15 from the free-throw line. The UW will be at Utah State on Thursday. In Juco basketball from over the weekend, the Casper College women improved the 17-3 with a 72-55 road win over Northwest Nepal. Casper is rated 23rd in the country. They got 13 points from Logan Alvar and Jocelyn Igo. Casper College men lost to Northwest Nepal in overtime, 93-84 on Saturday. So they're 15-5 overall. Jamison Epps at 25 for the T-Birds. Both of the Casper men and women will be at Central Wyoming College in Riverton on Wednesday. The LCCC women are 15-4 after a 64-42 win over Central Wyoming over the weekend. They'll be at home versus Eastern Wyoming on Wednesday. The LCCC men picked up a win over Central, 89-81. Jordan Reed at 28 for the Golden Eagles. That's it in sports. I'm beginning to see an advantage here, Frank. I've never thought of before, but I should have. If you walk around wearing a fanny pack made out of a squirrel, you instantly find out who you should be friends with. And for that matter, you should be able to identify that person is wearing or driving or drinking. We, therefore, can be friends. Or they're doing the following and wearing the following. I know I can't be friends with that person. My guess is the guys like they, they, they're good for mountain men. Sure. Yeah. You know, they, they've got to find, when they're out in the middle of nowhere, they got to find a place for their cell phone. Uh, sure. Okay. So they find a squirrel, they yeah. shoot the squirrel, they cut okay. the squirrel Wait, up, well, they put the... I found a flaw. So you take your squirrel fanny pack off for just a moment, and an, an eagle sees it. Goodbye. Yes, they, you just lost your wallet With to a hungry With your phone eagle. and your keys and there your you wallet. Go. It just flew off. Yep. All right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. We'll do some open phones. Triple eight ninety seven woods Wake up, Wyoming. the time it's wake up wyoming it is a monday phone lines now officially open warning wake up wyoming is about to enter daily open phones this means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything i mean imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted scary right Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. (coughs) Dave, (coughs) all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven Woods phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Like Miss Mary just said right there, you can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject, fine by me. Now, I do have lined up. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Someone at the famous newspaper known as the Los Angeles Times is about to get in heap big trouble. Ladies and gentlemen, Al Gore. You're driving a big car. I come on your radio. I say the end's close You just say no I say it's global warming But you call me a liar 
Right to that story, but as I said, you can call and interrupt me at any time. So Nancy's on the phone. Hello, Nancy. Hello. Say uh, about the the uh, chicken roping contest. Yes. Say if that becomes a team roping sport, I'm available. I hardly ever miss a chicken leg. <laughs> Every time there's a bucket of chicken in front of you, <laughs> you get the I leg person. <laughs> yeah. Have a good one. All right, thank you, Nancy. I love her. She doesn't call enough. But not for the reason that Nancy's funny. And by the way, what she did right there, that was perfect. She had her joke. She said it. She hung up and moved on. Don't milk the joke. If it's funny and you hit the punchline and you got the reaction you want, move on. That was perfect, Nancy. But I also like Nancy to call in now and then just so I know that she's not dead. <laughs> One time she hadn't called in for like months. And we also have a, a friend of ours in Wheatland who hadn't called for months as well. And we were just wondering, are they still alive? Yeah, someday it's going to happen, but until then. All right, so here's the story that I have for you. So the L.A. Times, yeah, Miss Mary saying, Nancy's just perfect. I love her. No, she's just great. All right. L.A. Times printed a story that admits the current storms that California is having right now has nothing to do with human-caused climate change. Now, the story I have here says nothing to do with climate change, but I'm saying human-caused climate. See, here's the difference. It's a lot like when someone says, well, you're a climate denier. That doesn't even make any sense. That sentence makes no sense. Or, you're a climate change denier. Okay, better, but still no one is denying that there isn't such a thing as climate change. The assumption that all climate change is bad is just ridiculous. There's good climate change, there's bad climate change. From a human perspective, from a human perspective, might be bad for us, might be good for nature. Okay, but then again, just because the climate is changing doesn't mean it's caused by humans. The idea that human beings are causing a climate crisis, okay, that's junk science. The climate is always changing. It never stops changing. Okay. So the story here is, see, the president was just in California, and he just got done talking about, with, with the governor of California, just got done talking about how the recent rains and floods and so on that ended the drought in California, that all of that is because of human-caused climate change. The L.A. Times writes a story that says, no, it's not. Somebody at the L.A. Times is going to get in big trouble because they're not supposed to say that. Over to the phones right now, because I said, you can jump in and change the subject anytime you want. Judy from the Casper is on the line. Hi, Jude. Hey, Jude. Good morning. Um, over the weekend, uh I heard you had on earlier uh, Liberty's Place for You, fella. Right. And I attended that, me and Rose did. And I'll tell you what, there wasn't somebody there that I didn't know. I mean, we had Jeanette Ward, Bob I, Charlie Scott, um, even, even one of our county commissioners, Peter, Peter Nicolason, who wasn't even invited, yeah. showed up Good. and spoke. Um, Dallas Lair, Dave North, Pat Sweeney. Um, Pat Sweeney, I guess, is going to become a lobbyist for an energy company. 
uh, Bill Allen and Chuck Gray. I got to visit with them. I said, do you remember that time that you were speaking up or you were debating uh, Pachenko over at the Ramcota? Yes. And you come outside because you were kind of getting your butt handed to you. And I told you to <laughs> cowboy up and get back in there and rip his butt. And he did and he won. <laughs> <laughs> So he was kind of happy to see that. And I told him, I said, you know, I go on Glen Woods and I tell him all the time, do they want another Cindy Hill by trying to strip you of your your duties? And he thought, thank you. He said, thank you, Judy, for standing up for me. I said, no, it's not just that, Chuck. It's just that if they do one, they're going to try to do it to somebody else. And that's sure. the point. Yeah. All right. But well, now Chuck anyway, so is supposed to be. I videoed a bunch of it this weekend and did some interviews and stuff, which I'm posting up on. I think I sent you a copy of one of them. I think so. Yeah. And uh, it was a good time. It really was. It was a good debate. Um, I think uh, the mayor here, uh, Bruce Snell, he kind of was trying to steal the limelight and act like he. Uh, it wasn't his fault that they passed that silly ordinance when we do have a state law that already protects. You know, individuals, sex, color, creed, gender, all of that kind of stuff. So I kind of fell down on the side. I fell on the side of uh, Dan Sabrowski. I think his argument was better. But uh, anyway, Dave North got up there and he was telling, he was a moderator, right? Right. And he's telling everybody what's going on, that they're going to revisit the land, land use plan here in the Toronto County. And I piped in and I said, well, now you guys can all get a copy of it, you know. Uh, hit the planning and zoning office and demands your copy of it and start marking it up. Yeah. And he starts laughing. It was nice to see so many people that I know, mm -hmm. you know, from from years of attending these kind of functions. What would be nice and to see was, also, the, the people that you know, that's always good. We need new faces there. Oh, no, that was a lot of new faces okay. there, too, that I didn't know, but... I mean, there had to be 80 people in the room. Good. Okay. Well, and, and 80 is a good number, but again, a lot more. We need a lot more oh, activity. Yeah. That's stuff to yeah. do, I know. But um, I think the good part about it, too, is we got to meet all of our new legislators. Okay. And they did a little question and answer session and told us what house bills were coming through. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there was a lot of information put out. I thought that was just great. Okay. Well, more of those Liberty Place for You meetings are coming. I know I have this week. Uh, Miss Mary can tell me what time but and what day, but Chuck Gray's coming on the program to talk about some of the things oh, that he's fighting for. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. So we're making sure yeah. to lay out for him a good, you know, piece of time. And I know he's busy right now because the House and Senate are in session. But to give him a good chunk of time on the air so he can just kind of go through what he's going through. And I'm really interested to know if you want a job judy he's still looking for staff well you know i kind of joked with him about that yeah i told him you know um my husband and i have been married 22 years and he doesn't really need me around too much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so well, if, if, you need, if you need somebody to help you at least hire your staff sure. i can feel them out pretty good yeah. you know, uh, sure chuck you gray get... will be on tomorrow morning miss mary oh, says good i'll be sure to listen but um, one last thing, I just wanted to remind the Toronto County citizens, don't forget to go pick up your uh, planning and zoning book and uh, start marking it up because um, the commissioners would like us to make kind of a, I don't know, an itemized list of uh, what we find wrong in this in this uh, land use plan okay. so that they can address it. Okay. So, okay. All right. Thank you, Judy. 
816, Wake Up Wyoming. Your morning travel. Across Wyoming and beyond with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Eight twenty one's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, phone number to get involved, 888-97-WOODS. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Talking about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine, I'll roll with it. Not a problem at all. I've already had some people interrupt the story I was trying to get into, and that's okay. So here's the shock story. You can still interrupt me, 888-97-WOODS. From the Los Angeles Times. And yes, that is how you pronounce the name of that city, Los Angeles. My childhood hero, Bugs Bunny said Los Angeles. He also said Albuquerque. Do not tell me Bugs was wrong. We'll go at it, okay? <clears throat> Taking it down. LA Times prints story that admits California storms are not caused by human-caused climate change. Story says, as California emerges from two weeks of deadly atmospheric rivers, as they call them, number of climate researchers say the recent storms appear to be typical of the intense periodic rains the state experiences throughout its history and not the result of human-caused climate change. As the president said it was, because the president went out there to talk about the floods, and that's what he blamed. Although scientists are still studying the size and severity of the storms, 19 people died, billion dollars in damage, so it is bad. Initial assessments suggested destruction had more to do with California's historic drought to deluge cycles. This is something our own weatherman Don Day of Dayweather has talked about. And I put up a few articles based on what he says on our Wake Up Wyoming site. So this is your La Nina El Nino effect. And I've talked about this before. There's an area in the Pacific just below the equator, just off the coast of South America. It's a long, stretched-out area going from the east to west, way out there, right? And when the sun is very active, it heats up that area, which causes a lot of water vapor to rise. And that gets up in those atmospheric rivers and flows toward the west coast and western United States. And that's when we get a lot of rain. There's other times that area, because the sun is not as active, that area cools down. Therefore, there's not as much water vapor rising up. It doesn't create as many storms. We don't get as much wet weather here. We're in a drought cycle. And the periods can vary quite a bit, but we do tend, the tendency is about every three years, we go through a bit of a drought, then we get out. And when we get out of it, boy, we get out of it fast hard and fast and then we go back into a wet few years and then it gets back into a dry cycle again so as california was going through drought for about three years the cult of climate change you see what's happening here these cultists it's all the drought and it's all our fault because we're driving suvs and things like that when actually this is part of a longer term cycle that has nothing to do with co2 nothing the story says, although the media and some officials were quick to link the series of powerful storms to human beings, researchers interviewed by the Times said they have yet to see any evidence of that. Instead, the unexpected onslaught of rain and snow is not unexpected at all. And it ended a punishing drought. 
California goes through this every so many years since records have been kept since 1800. That's from the Los Angeles Times. The Los Angeles Times says, since we've been keeping records around the 1800s, we have noticed this cycle. And if you go back and look at uh, geologically what we can tell about weather cycles in the area before humans were keeping records, it shows the same thing. Quote, we know from climate models that global warming will boost California storms in the future. And you see, again, they keep saying this, but that never happens. Assuming that these storms were driven by global warming would be like assuming an athlete who breaks a record was on steroids. Mike Anderson, official climatologist for California, suggests that the recent stories of atmospheric rivers, long plumes of vapor that can pour over the West was a grim reminder that in a place so dry, sudden flooding can happen and does. Each of the recent atmospheric rivers where there was historic distribution of, of these rivers would take uh, further study to determine exactly how this system works. But again, we know that this happens from time to time. We have records of it going way back. Oh, here's also go to California, eh? As whales were washing up dead on their beaches, some people are looking to wind turbines. Story says, amid a series of unexplained whale deaths or the coast of the U.S., northeastern, and we can go over to California, but let's focus on the northeastern, actually, for this story. A conservation group quietly altered a, uh, well, they're Senate Democrats, developing offshore wind farms might need to cease to protect the endangered species of whales that's been affected. A letter was sent to all 50 Senate Democrats by the Center for Biological Diversity a group that advocates for endangered species. Quote from the letter, without conservation measures to protect right whales from entanglements, all offshore wind development along the Atlantic seaboard will have to cease operations in order for NOAA and fisheries to meet its obligations to ensure that the right whale population does not decline even further. They are blaming the wind turbines. Now, if that's true or not, I don't know. I'd like to see some evidence of that. But they are saying we have had, we're building more wind farms out there off the Atlantic coast, New England states, you know, places like that. And as we build more wind farms, we're finding more dead whales. Now, again, you need to go back and actually take a look at this. There are currently six new offshore new projects in development. New Jersey, New York, places like that. And even the Sierra Club, New Jersey Audubon, Clean Water Action, and the Surfrinder or something like that foundation, some of the groups that are saying, well, it's a bit unfounded and premature, which I can agree with, but it's interesting that they're looking at something like that. I just find it interesting that they're looking at something like that. What we do know is wind farms kill birds. We do know that. And we do know that in order to put up a wind farm, you have to go get a permit from the federal government to kill birds, especially big birds like eagles and so on. Yeah, that, that was an Obama-era thing. They let you get a permit to kill birds, even endangered birds, if you're going to go put up a wind farm.
If you put up an oil rig, no. Now, if an oil rig was pumping oil off of the New Jersey coast and they found a dead whale near the oil rig, you know what would happen. But if they find a dead whale near a wind farm, uh, they really want to talk about it, do they? No, of course not. All right, I got more. YouTube and Facebook will block LA Times now, says Red and Casper. I am not surprised. Morning, Blue Eyes. I'll read your note next year. Blue Eyes and Douglas is up and at them and sending me notes off the app. What you can do, use the Wake Up Wyoming app, top right-hand corner. When you open up the app, you'll see these uh, word bubbles. Yeah, touch that. You can send me a text while I'm on the air, and I'll answer back. I talk back. I type back. Local news coming your way. Update on your weather forecast right after that. Wake Up Wyoming. Six of time, wake up, Wyoming. All right, triple eight ninety seven Woods. The phone number eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Talking about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me at this point. I do have a guest coming up in the nine o'clock hour, nine o six. Jim Anderson, state senator. This is the guy who wrote up. Now we got to call this correctly. It wasn't so much a bill that would become law. It was more like a statement that would be made. It was for electric vehicles to be banned in the state of Wyoming. Remember that one? Okay. If that had ever passed, there would be no such law in Wyoming. It was more like a statement by the state of Wyoming. And then he wanted to make sure that a copy of that was sent to the governor of California and the president of the United States. So he did get a lot of attention over that. I did walk by a television one time and looked up, and he was on Fox News being interviewed. So he did get some national... I don't know if he was able to get on other television programs. I'll ask him in the 9 o'clock hour. But as he was talking about electric vehicles, I thought he actually is making a pretty good point. And so I want to make sure that we talk to him about that. 9.06 supposedly is when he's going to be on. Hopefully that all works out. You'll get a chance to hear why he chose to pass a resolution like that. Fred in Colorado. Morning, Fred. Good morning, Glenn. You know, when we get these cold weather spells coming out of Canada, you like to play Blame Canada? Yes. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, I think there's a greater conspiracy, and it's being led by Don Day and his meteorology (laughs) people. (laughs) I think what they do is annually get together at their meeting, Yeah. and they talk about, well, we can't have the same weather day in and day out, year in and year out, right? or otherwise we can't go stand out in snowstorms and hurricanes and justify our jobs. Okay, here's where I think you might be onto something. So if you're ever in Cheyenne, go over to the old airport terminal by the airport there, right? And you'll see the old tower, which is no longer a control tower. They have a new control tower on your side of the airport. And so that tower was leased out into offices. So as you walk into the control tower and start going upstairs, one of those floors is his office and studios, which is cool. I want to make an apartment out of one of those. It's so cool. When you go all the way to the top to where the controllers used to be, 
he made that. He put a table up there and made that into a conference room. It's really cool. He gave me a tour. He takes me down to the cellar, which used to be a bomb shelter in case of nuclear attack. And there's some big old computerized machine in there. And I accused him of that, of that being the weather machine. Well, you know, he's sort of like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. You know, he's sitting behind the curtain and nobody can tell what sure. he's doing. But I have a solution for this problem, okay. if I could offer it. Sure. Okay, I think over the next 10 days with this miserable weather we're going to get, we take Don and then uh, Mark Cure and yeah. all his buddies, and we put them in the public stock and the public common area, uh-huh. and they have to stay there during the whole That's storm. Really, just outside in all of that cold and everything? Absolutely. Okay, I'll pass it on and you know, tell them that you said that. Gee, great. But you ever notice Don Day disappears just before a big storm comes in? You've always made that comment. By the way, and now I know where to send my heating bill. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Appreciate the call from Colorado. That's Fred down there. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Welcome to the Church of Global Warming. Sorry, I I just came in to get out of the cold. You You don't mind, do you? Well, you know. The cold outside is due to global warming. Wait, wasn't this the same church that said that this part of the world was going to be a sandy desert by now? Global warming works in mysterious ways. Right, kind of like God works in mysterious ways. Hey, hey, careful how you talk about the Obama. You know, I I think I'll just wait outside and suffer in the driving blizzard. Besides, it's freezing cold in here. That's because global warming froze over the wind turbine blades in the clouds and snow and ice cover the sun. 840 is the time, 888-97-WOODS, the phone number, that's 888-97-W-O-O-D, as long as we're on this topic. So, BBC was caught using a photoshopped image, and they were talking climate and things like that. In this particular one, there is a sea turtle, okay, and then there's a plastic bag wrapped around the sea turtle's neck. And it's photoshopped. So they wanted to make a point about human waste that's in the oceans, which is true. There's a lot of plastics floating in the ocean. Don't blame us. We didn't do it. Now, we do send a lot of garbage. We don't need to. We send a lot of our garbage for some reason over to Asian countries. And they just pile it up over there. We here in America, when we bury our garbage, we, I, I talked about this last week. When you take a look at the way we build our modern-day landfills, it's not the toxic waste dumps they used to be. We actually take good care uh, when we make our modern-day landfills. And that even includes for plastic products because most plastic products actually cannot be recycled. Now, the idea that plastic, well, plastic will last a million years. No, it won't. That's garbage. It will not. But it will last a long time. But you can still, it's a petroleum product. You can put it back in the ground. It does break down over time. But we, for some reason, and I'd like to know why, send a lot of those big piles of trash and plastic to Asia. Asian countries not only create their own as well, but they also take that stuff and they dump it into the ocean to get rid of it. And then it comes back our way. And so, okay, BBC wants to do an article about some of this plastic trash that's floating in oceans. Now, just so you know, a lot of times when they talk about 
the size. There's a, an island that's as big as, and they try to tell you how big the island of floating trash is. It is a lot, but they always exaggerate the hell out of it. So it's never anywhere near as big as what they're saying. All right, still, here's a sea turtle, and the sea turtle has a plastic bag wrapped around its neck as it's swimming in the ocean. The picture is fake. Yeah, now, if BBC wants to do a picture like that to illustrate a point, and they put on the picture, this is Photoshop to illustrate our point, okay. But that's not what they did. They make this thing look real good. Basically, BBC caught again. And this is one of many cases that I have seen throughout not just, well, things that news media does and things that government does to try to convince us that something is true and real, and they can't find any evidence of it, so they manufacture it and turn that over to us and then expect us not to notice. However, even as good as Photoshop has become, there's ways to detect if it's Photoshopped or not and call these people out on, hey, once again, you... You, you distort and lie about the data. You make predictions that never come true. You Photoshop stuff. This is why I was making fun of earlier this morning, Facebook, once again, with their fact checkers. Well, let's take a look at it. If Facebook really wants to fact check and say that something's false information, fine, do that if this is what you guys wanna do. But make sure you take a look at what government turns out, what universities turn out, what news media turns out. Make sure you take a look at that, too, because these people are just as bad. And they should be called out on it. 845. Wake up, Wyoming. Sometimes the best... You roam with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Eight forty-eight. is the time to watch this. I'm going to go shock Frank Gambino. He's in the icebox over there. Frank, I'm going to talk sports with you. Okay. That's oh, a shock. I just, yeah, that's really... <clears throat> okay, so how many uh, teams left uh, ready? In the NFL, there NFL, are four now. Four teams left. So who won this weekend over the two Wyoming guys? Uh, Logan Wilson beat okay. Josh Allen. Logan Wilson beat Josh Allen. Wow. So Josh is out. Out. Out, okay. And he's none too happy about it. I would bet not. Okay. Because now, on their season, it was yeah. Super Bowl or bust. Yeah. Bust. Bust. And it seemed to me that, Josh, while they did have some really great moments, I'm just going by what I heard you saying, they also had a lot of really mediocre games when they shouldn't have. Well, they had some mediocre efforts. I mean, you know, it's amazing. Like, the, the, some of those Bills fans, oh, we're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then they lose, yeah. like, well, our offensive line is bad, and our coaching is bad, and our defense is bad. And yeah. we, everyone kind of knew boo-hoo. everyone kind of knew that, except yeah. they knew, oh, don't, don't say anything. Right. Okay. But on the other side, we have a Casper native, University of Wyoming cool. grad in Logan Wilson, going to play for the AFC Championship next week in Kansas City. There are also two former UW guys. One plays on San Francisco, that's Tashawn Gibson, and one plays for Philadelphia, Marcus Epps, who will play on Sunday also. You know, as sports guy, just tossing this out there, I will clear time. If you can get a hold of Logan and get him on this program, oh, you can I, interview him. I, I, I wonder if he's even got time this I, week. I understand that, but I mean, you hear what I'm saying here, Casper yeah. native. 
Yeah. Huh? Okay. So just tossing that out there, I will go at whatever's going on. I will throw it in the trash if you can bring him on and you and him talk on this program. We'll see. Maybe not this week, but maybe next week. Okay. Give it a shot. Now, who winds up in the Super Bowl? Now, I have Buffalo. Okay. How do you, how do you lose when it's snowing? Yeah. In Buffalo. Mm-hmm. How how do you do that? Uh, you know why? Because the Bengals outplayed them. Okay. So you know what? Just for the kick of it, of course we're going for Cincinnati. Okay. On the, on the one side, and then obviously I think we'll I'll stick with Philadelphia on the other side. So Philadelphia versus yeah, the Bengals. Yes. Okay. Philadelphia those two. and Cincinnati. Now, who out of Philadelphia and Cincinnati wins this? Or, or are you not ready to make that? Prediction? I'm not ready yet. Okay. I've already screwed this up five times sure. since the beginning of the season. Anyway. <laughs> you know, so right. Just remember, folks, whoever he picks for the Super Bowl, Pick. you go to Vegas and lay your money on the opposite. No kidding. Well, in the National Football League playoff, Cincinnati with former Wyoming Cowboy and Casper native Logan Wilson will be in the AFC Championship game for the second year in a row as they beat Buffalo on the road in the snow 27-10. to The Bengals soundly beat the Bills in every way, shape, and form, especially in the physicality department. Wilson, from his middle linebacker spot, had seven tackles for them solo. And Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow, 23 of 36 for 242 yards and two touchdowns. Bills quarterback and former UW star Josh Allen, 25 of 42 for 265 yards, no passing touchdown, and a rushing TD. The Bills were out of sync start to finish, and Allen caught an earful from star receiver Stephon Diggs on the sidelines. He caught four balls for 35 yards. So Cincinnati will be at Kansas City for the AFC Championship game as the Chiefs eliminated a pesky Jacksonville team on Saturday, 27-20. In the NFC yesterday, San Francisco beat Dallas 19-12. The 49ers will play at Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game. The Eagles on Saturday bombarded the New York Giants 38-7. In men's college basketball from over the weekend, the Wyoming Cowboys finally picked up a Mountain West Conference victory. They broke an eight-game losing streak with a 58-57 win over Colorado State in Laramie on Saturday. Noah Reynolds hit a big free throw with 2.6 seconds to go. Hunter Maldonado stole the ensuing inbounds pass. Folks, watch a 14-point lead to Superior, but Reynolds led the way with 17, and they made the plays at the end when they had to. UW 1-6 and six in league play, 6-13 and 13 overall. They'll be on the road tomorrow at Levada, Las Vegas. Wyoming Cowgirls lost their second in a row. They were beaten by San Diego State in Laramie on Saturday. 73-66. Cowgirls were outscored by 10 in the first quarter and 11 in the third quarter. Quinn Whiteman led the way with 19. The team went 3 of 13 from the three-point line and 9 of 15 from the free-throw line. UW will be at Utah State on Thursday. Juco basketball from over the weekend. The Casper College women improved the 17-3 with a 72-55 road win over Northwest DePaul. Casper is rated 23rd in the country. They got 13 points from Logan Alvar and Joslyn Igo. Casper College men lost to Northwest DePaul on the road in overtime 93-84, so they're 15-5. Jameson Epps had 25 for the T-Birds. Both the Casper College teams will be at Central Wyoming College in Riverton on Wednesday. The LCCC women out of Cheyenne, 15-4 and after a 64-42 win over Central Wyoming over the weekend. They will be at home versus Eastern Wyoming on Wednesday. The LCCC men picked up a win over Central Wyoming, 89-81, as Jordan Reed at 28 for the Golden Eagles. And they will play EWC on Wednesday as well. So let me get this straight. So this coming week, this next weekend... So there's, like, playoff games. Right, there's two more. Okay, and then... The Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is the next week. Or do they take a break and then... I think they, 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 they go for, like, two weeks. Oh, I kind of... Okay. I, yeah, you, got, I, you know why? Yeah. Because you got to have that media hype in there. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, I I'll also figure, check, yeah. don't you want to take time for your team to, first off, rest and yes. get ready for the game? Yeah. That, that that would be the most the, okay. the most important so, thing. What like three weeks out then? Two two well, weeks. Well, like, three three weeks out from today. Three weeks okay. out from today. That's There's what I was. There's two more games. Yeah. 
Then the Super Bowl. Then the after Super Bowl. That. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some. See if you can get Logan Wilson, again, born and bred Casper, Wyoming, on the program. I don't care what was planned. I'm throwing it all away so Frank can sit here and interview him before, and hopefully he makes it to the Super Bowl. All right, coming up on some local business news time after that, we got one guest and more open phones. Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods, wake up, Wyoming. It's a winter. Ma- Six of the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right. I'll get into phone calls in just a minute. Might have a guest calling in. Sometimes these guys are a little bit late. Then again, he is in the, I believe, Wyoming House of Representatives. Let me double check here. Be interesting if he's able to call in this morning. So Jim Anderson, uh, state senator. So he's in the Senate. This is the guy that wanted to pass not a bill that would not have been a law, more like a resolution that would have made electric vehicles illegal in the state of Wyoming. Again, that is not, not, not a binding law, but a resolution, just a statement so they could take it and send it to the governor of California and the president of the United States. It died, but that doesn't matter. He was trying to make a point about those people who are trying to ban the internal combustion engine. When you know something about electric vehicles and you know something about the internal combustion engine, and for those people who want to keep oil in the ground, well, I can't use petroleum products while you really are undereducated. I mean, they talk about not just not informed, ignorant. Ignorant in the true sense of what the word ignorance means. But the, a lot of this is willful ignorance, too, on the topic. Yeah, so you can't ban those things. At this point in our history, it's not possible to do it. Unless you want billions of people to die. We've been through all of that before, but you can't ban this stuff. So you want to go ahead and ban oil and the internal combustion engine. Wow. Uh, what you th- what's actually going to happen to humanity if you do that? You've really not looked into this subject. All right. Put that aside. Hopefully he calls in sometime because I wanted to talk to him again. His bill died, but he got a lot of publicity out of it. And that was the point of it, to make a statement. Off real quick. From Fox News, a major city is on the brink of collapse because of Biden's immigration policies, according to local officials. So don't go blaming Fox News. I said this was Fox News. Don't blame Fox News for this story. Local officials in this town, Yuma, Arizona. And let me check. Let's see. Uh, Okay, I'm just looking up to see. I have it in my head, but I want to see exactly where the heck is Yuma. Okay. Yuma, Arizona, it's a unique location that they have. So if you go, let's say, the California southern border, and you ride the California southern border over until you get to Arizona, that's where Yuma is. But it sort of sits below, too, because Arizona comes down at an angle. So it just sits there right on the corner in a very unusual position. In fact, um, 
there is a place on the on the border on the corner where you could actually stand there on a the corner and throw a rock from the American side over the Mexican side into the American side. That's how much of a corner he's on. They're on there in Yuma, Arizona. It was their officials that have said that we're on the brink of collapse. And considering where they are and how close they are to the Mexican border, right on it. A major border city on the brink of collapse, the story says, migrant surge under President Biden leadership. We'll get back to the story in just a minute because our guest has just joined us. So on the phone with me right now is a Wyoming state senator, Jim Anderson, who was the one who was trying to pass. Oh, wait a second now. Jim, is that you? Okay, Jim, is that you? Okay, uh, Miss Mary, try again, because the phone did that split thing. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, every now and then, that's a computer problem. Every now and then, the, the, the phone lines split. And I'm trying to capture the call, and it doesn't let me do it, because it jumps over to another line. I, it's a computer system. I know, that sounds weird, doesn't it? It's a computer system thing, so suddenly I wasn't able to get. All right, so back to Yuma, Arizona. Uh, this, these are the officials here that say they have so much pouring over the border right now that literally as a city, they cannot keep up with this. It is not possible. They have so many people pouring over that the entire town is on the verge of collapse because of it. Now, wouldn't you love to know what Biden plans to do about this? Because... He put Camilla Harris in charge. She never showed up. And when the president showed up, he was given a tour that was nowhere near what he should see. He didn't get to see the real thing. Jim, is this you on the phone? Yes, sir. Okay, I'm glad I got you. We had a little bit of a telephone problem here. Jim Anderson, state senator here in the state of Wyoming, sponsor of the bill. I want to be very clear with people, Jim, when we talk about this. Your bill would not have actually banned electric vehicles but it would in spirit is that about right that's correct we did a resolution instead of a bill okay. so that it wouldn't actually do it but but we get the message across okay now let's talk about the message because i did walk by a television and i looked over there and went jim and there you were on television fox news did you get on any other news networks to talk about this uh we got on newsmax and i got on uh uh, Fox News three times. Okay. Fox Business and Fox News twice. See, no one is surprised uh, by what you said there. So CNN didn't pick you up. MSNBC didn't pick you up. CNN did pick up another one of the members of the of the uh, okay. sponsors. Okay, good. So, so they got a chance to yeah, get the we message. Did get out. On there. So let's talk about what exactly the message is, because I did watch people as I. As the story was circulating around, I would hear people kind of sigh and roll their eyes, not understanding exactly what you were trying to do with this resolution. And again, we're not actually banning. It's a resolution. It's a statement of some kind. What was the point? Right. Right. And the point is, California and Oregon and multiple states are are looking at banning uh, ICE vehicles, internal combustion engine vehicles as of 2035 three have already done it and we thought we ought to make a statement to protect our our local industries oil and gas industry and show support for that so we said okay let's ban 
electric vehicles in 2035. But then when we got looking into it, there's a lot of good reasons for that. Uh, The minerals are are hard to come by and are all being mined in foreign countries that have no environmental control. They're just terrible conditions. Uh, The charging stations are not in place across the U.S. to take care of that. We're we're really not through the Wyoming yet either. Uh, The the, uh, other problem that we see is what we're going to do when these batteries need uh, disposed of, uh, their hazardous material are going to have to be handled as hazardous material. So all of our landfills are going to have to handle them in a different way than they handle normal. uh, Yeah. Well, in, in fact, I like to bring up when it comes to the rare earth minerals in general, it's toxic to extract them in a horrible mining process that in some time involves not just slave labor, but in Africa, child slave labor. But the toxic, it is a yes. toxic process, and it is toxic to dispose of at the same time. But while I have your ear as a state senator, here's something that just kind of grates on me. So the federal government came along with uh, money for the state of Wyoming to put up electric charging stations. And the state of Wyoming right. is actually going out and handing out that money to do so. Why not just tell them, no, let capitalism take care of it? If it happens organically because there's a market for it, it will. Yeah, and, and you're right, Glenn. There's uh, places that are already putting in charging stations. If you look out there in the mall area, there's charging stations already out there. There's others also. The, the federal government one wanted it every 50 miles and wanted it with a uh, a uh, station or a motel or something like that. Well, you look at between Gillette and Buffalo, there is nothing. Mm-hmm. And they won't let us put it in the rest area there. So th- there's not going to be too many around mm-hmm. the state that the federal government will finance. So, but why is the state of Wyoming even taking that money? Oh, I, I think they're taking the money because they're they're they want to put a few in, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to get any approved. Right, because I would love to find some kind of a bill pop up that just says we're not going to do this. Stop it! In fact, it even sort of annoyed me. You know, these are not zero emissions vehicle. One of my favorite pictures that a listener sent me was out of Wheatland, and there's a charging station there for Tesla at a gas station and if you look beyond the charging station about a mile away is the power plant so it's a coal-powered car that they're charging with coal and yet even the state of wyoming wydot is going around handing out that money saying these are zero emissions vehicles yeah yeah well the vehicle is but the process sure isn't no, and the disposal not, sure isn't right Okay, so yep. you didn't get That's this. That's a good pa- idea. Maybe we'll look at something. Yeah, I would love for you guys just to tell YDOT, just stop taking the money. Stop doing this. Wyoming shouldn't be doing this. If it happens, if I see charging stations, it was because of natural capitalism. Because gas stations don't get subsidized like this, not that I'm aware of. Do you think gas stations, I don't see that they get subsidized. No, no, okay. they don't. All right. No, they don't. Well, now that you've made your point, and I'm glad you got a lot of good publicity out of this and made some kind of a point, and the thing died. Do you have a next step for this, or is that just a one time you wanted to make a point? Well, the next step would be to do a bill. Okay. We kind of gauged how this went and whether or not whether or not it was popular and whether or not it would pass, and uh, the next step would be to do a bill. Okay. And maybe, like you say, we add in that 
to the uh, charging stations to eliminate them also. Yeah, I would like... See, I'm not opposed to, Jim, people, if they want to buy electric cars, go ahead if that's what you think you want to do. I just don't want any subsidies or tax breaks because I don't get that when I buy an internal combustion engine. And if somebody wants to right. put in an electric right. charging station because they think it's going to be good for business, fine, please go ahead and do that. I just don't want that subsidized in the same way I don't want gas stations subsidized. That's all I'm saying. Just yeah. let it yeah. happen organically. So you won't be able to get a, yeah. a bill like that past this legislative session, I would bet, right? You'd have to wait for the next one or well, the one after that? Well, it might be able to. There's still time. Okay. We have a week or so before that it closes. So Right. Uh, the possibility uh, is there. Okay. Do, do you think that you would have the votes to actually get it through? Because I think your resolution, how far did it make it? Well, the resolution went to Minerals, and they didn't vote on it. So oh, okay. It, it could have passed Minerals, right. but they just didn't vote on it. I got you. And on you. the floor, okay. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I'm not sure what it would have done on the floor. All right. Uh, you know, I get a lot of people saying they support it. You know, the interesting thing about this is the... Uh, we're saying no uh, electric vehicles. We're not saying no hybrids. Right. Hybrids are already already doing well yeah. in Wyoming, well, and, and they could still be a possibility. To also be clear on that, it, what California said is by 2035, you won't be able to sell electric vehicles. And that's not to say you can't buy one and move it into the state. So that if you right. if you mirrored their bill, then no one would be able to sell electric vehicles in Wyoming. But they could always buy them well, and move them into the state. Right. Yeah, but what it is is a new vehicle. Right, okay. And so California said no new ICE vehicles. Right. So we said no new EVs. They could still sell used EVs in the state if that was the case, if that's what they wanted to do. Gotcha, okay. Well, if you get it done in the next week or so, I would sure love to hear from you again. Okay, all right, Glenn. All right, thank you, it. Jim. I appreciate your time this morning. 919, Wake Up Wyoming. Glenn Woods, make your voice heard at 888-97-WOODS. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. 9.25 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Or again, use your Wake Up Wyoming app and just go ahead and touch. Top When you open up the app, top right-hand corner, you'll see those word bubbles. Touch that. That's chat. And all sorts of people send me notes. Like sending me text messages. Also... Today, your phone is the radio. Remember you used to, for those old enough, transistor radios in your pockets. You used to be able to buy little uh, FM radios also, stick it in your pocket and listen. Okay. Well, today, the modern radio is your phone. And so you can listen to this program off the Wake Up Wyoming app when it's live and after it becomes a podcast. And all you have to do is go, okay, I want on demand and today's episode. Hit play. There you go. Listen when you want, pause it, start it again, so you never have to miss an episode. All right, 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. Jim Anderson was that state senator that I had on. Chris in Gillette is on the phone. He's going to talk about electric cars, but Jim Anderson is going to try to pass a resolution. He will see, he said, if he can get that bill through, uh, the resolution as a bill, just like California did and some other states to ban the sale of electric vehicles. If he can get a uh, actual bill through, and he says he has a week to write it up and get it out, 
Okay, fine. But even still, it's more of a statement than anything else. I'm glad I had him on the phone for a few minutes because I wanted to put that little bug in his ear. And I'm glad. I, it sounds like I successfully did that. Why is YDOT going around with federal government money handing it out for charging stations? Where is he? You know, for charging stations. Where? Why are we doing this? And and then I, in one of the YDOT meetings, they actually said, I was watching one of the meetings that was recorded and put up online, and I'm watching a guy from YDOT talk about zero emission vehicles. I think there is no such thing as a zero emissions vehicle. You have to create emissions to charge the vehicle. You're in Wyoming, coal and natural gas. Hang on. Uh... So, yeah, coal and natural gas is what you charge your vehicle by. So there's no such thing as a zero emissions vehicle. It doesn't exist. But as I pointed out to Jim, again, he's a state senator, Wyoming and the federal government, they don't subsidize gas stations. If you're selling gasoline or diesel, that's not subsidized. In fact, to try to get one of those stations started up is a real hassle. But we're handing out subsidies to start electric charging stations. Well, why? Why would you subsidize one and not the other? To save the planet, they would say. No, we're Wyoming. We don't do things that way. If a business owner sees the value in it as a business, that's what capitalism does, then the business owner will go ahead and put the electric charging station up because the business owner thinks, I'm actually going to make money off of this. That's how capitalism works. That's how you wound up with gas stations all over the country that just happened organically that wasn't subsidized now uh, we did have chris and gillette wanted to talk about electric cars but for some reason chris your call didn't make it through i don't know if it dropped off or not if you would like to try back we got just a little bit of news to get through here and then we can go ahead and put you on the line Triple eight ninety seven. What's the phone number? Eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. See, I'm not again. I'm not against anybody wanting to own any of these things, electric cars, stuff like that. You want to put a wind turbine up or solar panels? Go for it. Do it on your own money. Let's wake up, Wyoming. weather and a pocket full of opinions wake up wyoming with glenn woods on k2 radio Nine thirty-six. the time wake up wyoming i'm surprised it didn't make bigger news antifa was in atlanta over the weekend they did a little damage to a downtown area but didn't make a whole lot of news chris is back on the line from gillette hello chris morning, Glenn. Hope you're doing well today. Very good, sir. Love what you got? Well, as far as the electric vehicles are concerned, uh, I love the idea of the electrical vehicles. Now, I don't believe that they save the environment or any of that stuff, and I wish that the mining of the rare earth minerals was done over here in Wyoming where we do it better and cleaner and more efficient yeah. than others do. Absolutely. But I'll tell you what my hang-up is with the, with the vehicles is they're lying to us about their efficiency. Give me an all-wheel drive minivan with a 500-mile range 
that I can charge up in 20 minutes, and I'll go buy one. Okay. But they keep telling us that they can charge them up in 20 minutes. But if you go on YouTube or anywhere on online and look at people that own these things, every single one of them is disappointed because they were lied to about the range and the charging times, and that's a big deal. Especially I mean, in cold weather. Especially out here in Wyoming. Uh, yeah. I was about to say, when it gets really cold, and you know it has been this winter, that means your range really suffers. you got a problem. I'm telling you. Yeah, and it takes longer to charge, too, in cold weather. So, all right, Chris, thank you. I appreciate it. He called back from Gillette, Wyoming. Another Gillette listener just sent me this note. If legislators want to make a real statement on electric vehicles, they should ban the executive branch of UW and the community colleges from buying or leasing them, at least until they are cost-effective methods for recycling batteries for EV use. If they are serious, they could also ban gas, diesel, electric hybrids as well. Okay. And that's something that we should, that's Sage Grouse is what it goes by, from Gillette. That's another one that I take a a look at and think, uh, I've mentioned this a lot when I talk about toxic to create uh, mine for and then create the rare earth minerals, you know, draw them out and make them so you can use them for batteries and other such things. Toxic to dispose of. And when I talk about the dispose of side, I mean the batteries. But the past few callers, including our guests that we had, the state senator, earlier this morning mentioned the same thing, that we're going to have a problem with all of these batteries that are going to start piling up and are going to be toxic waste. So how is this better for the environment? How is this saving the planet? And when I do talk to people who are in favor of electric vehicles, and I point out, again, toxic to create them, toxic to dispose of, slave labor, child slave labor, you should take a look at the mining process. Not only have they never heard of this, but they simply don't want to believe it. And so I try handing them showing them, sending to them online. Well, look, many articles written by major news organizations, even liberal ones from all over the world. And that's when you get into, well, there's ignorance, but then there's those people who are ignorant because they choose to be. And that's where they just don't wanna know. And that's a whole different kind of, that's actually a whole different level of stupid when they do that. They just don't want to hear. It goes against everything they want to believe, so they'll just reject the information out, just out of hand. But my main argument, though, is don't subsidize it. Well, that's all I've ever asked about it. Uh, Be honest about it and don't subsidize it. Those two things. Don't act like it's good for the environment, electric vehicles and so on, wind and solar. Don't pretend it's good for the environment. It's not. And don't subsidize it or give it tax breaks. In fact, I don't like subsidies or tax breaks for anything. Well, some tax breaks, actually. I'll, I'll, I'll fix that. Some tax breaks. Because tax breaks allow people to keep their own money. If somebody earns money, it belongs to them. Even if a big corporation earns billions of dollars, as long as they did it honestly, it's theirs. So I don't mind that. But do you get a tax break for buying a gas car? or a diesel car, you don't. Ace Salvage Yard Recycling Center on electric cars. Hello, Ace. Hey, how are you? Good, sir. What you got? Uh, just 
real quick, I've owned uh, uh, three recycling salvage facilities. Okay. And uh, I send cars to uh, the shredders, like in Denver, Utah. And uh, up until this point, uh, they will not take electric cars. Really? Why not? No. Because of the batteries. Okay. Do we have anywhere so, to go? What, what are we doing with the batteries when they're done with them? Well, that's a great question. I, I don't know, Glenn. Okay. <laughs> Where are they going? Because it sounds to me like we wind up with a whole bunch of toxic waste. We, we do, and we've turned into a world that, uh, myself included, I buy uh, battery-operated uh, hand tools. Sure. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to correct that. I'm going back to things that have power cords now. Okay. You know, it might actually be better for the environment if you want to either use a power cord or, let's say, your weed whacker, a little one-stroke, you know, weed whacker, and use gasoline. It might actually be better for the environment than using something that winds up in a waste dump somewhere as toxic landfill. Yeah, and, uh... Yeah, I don't know that anyone, uh, I'm, I'm not aware, let's put it like that, I'm okay. not aware of anyone that has solved the automotive battery mystery. Yeah, okay. And, well, and the other thing is, uh, you know, I, I've i had people want me to take their vehicle because the batteries are shot. Right. And it's too expensive to put new batteries in it, so you just throw the car away. Yeah. There was and, a uh, car graveyard that I saw a picture of in Europe where people were tossing away their electric vehicles to get a new electric vehicle because it was cheaper to do that than to replace the batteries. Yeah, and, you know, when my 66 Chevy pickup, you know, the motors wore out. Yeah. I send it in, get it rebuilt, and drop it in, and you're good. I'll make one more point, right. Glenn. I used to have a '63 Ford Falcon. Mm -hmm. It had a four-speed in it, and that girl would get thirty plus miles to the gallon. Right, and that was in the '60s. Mm -hmm. I also had a little Honda CRX. It would get. 50 miles to the gallon. Right. So I think there's a lot of room to improve fuel use. Right. Yeah, there certainly so, is. Just get better fuel mileage in general. All right, I'm running late on time. Thank you, Ace. I appreciate the call. Wake up, Wyoming. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS. 9.49 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Frank Gambino. He's got sports just ahead. He's in the icebox over there. So I was just looking at today's date, Frank, and it is 1-23-23. Okay. Right. All right. Which reminded me, and I had to go back and take a look at it. You probably remember a while back when we hit the date of 12-12-12. Yes, I do. Yeah. And it was okay. actually... Just another day. Yes, but isn't it kind of interesting? Now, there was a time when we hit 010101. Yes. Uh, I, no, I, we will. That's like 89 years from now. I'm sorry, but that, that, that'll happen again. 
Let's see. There was one, 11, 11, 11. Yeah, there, there was one that really kind of drove me crazy because I'm a little bit dyslexic. It was 12, 21, 12. <laughs> Sounds like a that, rush. <laughs> just drive. These kind of dates don't happen often, but every so often. There was a, a date that happened before and will come up again of 020202. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, there's also 222222. Two. Yeah, so the second month, okay. the 22nd day okay. of the year 2222. Right. Okay. Yeah, that'll happen at some point here. I just kind of look at those dates, and, you know, we have actually gone through most of them for a while. Mm-hmm. It'll be a while before that happens again, is my point. You know, I'm just going to start writing out the calendar dream. National Football League playoffs, Cincinnati, with former Wyoming Cowboy and Casper native Logan Wilson will be in the AFC Championship game for the second year in a row. They defeated Buffalo on the road in the snow, 27-10, to and the Bengals soundly beat the Bills in every way, shape, and form, especially in the physicality department. Wilson, from his middle linebacker spot, had seven tackles for the solo. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow 23 of 36 for 242 yards and two touchdowns. Bills quarterback and former UW star Josh Allen 25 of 42 for 265 yards. No passing touchdowns but a rushing TD. The Bills were out of sync start to finish. Allen caught an earful from star receiver Stephon Diggs on the sidelines. He caught four balls for 35 yards. So Cincinnati will be a Kansas City in the AFC Championship as the Chiefs eliminated a pesky Jacksonville team 27 to 20. In the NFC yesterday, San Francisco beat Dallas 19-12, and the 49ers will play at Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game as the Eagles bombarded the New York Giants on Saturday 38-7. In men's college, hoops from over the weekend, the Wyoming Cowboys finally picked up a Mountain West Conference victory, and they broke an eight-game losing streak in the process with a 58-57 win over Colorado State in Laramie on Saturday. Noah Reynolds with a big free throw with 2.6 seconds to go. Hunter Maldonado then stole the ensuing inbounds pass. Cowboys watched a 14-point lead dissipate, but Reynolds led the way with 17 so UW is 1-6 in league play, 6-13 overall. They'll be on the road tomorrow at Nevada-Las Vegas. Wyoming Cowgirls lost their second in a row. They were beaten by San Diego State and Laramie on Saturday, 73-66. Cowgirls were outscored by 10 in the first quarter, 11 in the third quarter. Quinn Weideman led the way with 19, but the team went 3-13 of 13 from the three-point line and 9-15 of 15 from the free-throw line. Utah State will be uh, their next opponent on Thursday in Logan. In junior college basketball from over the weekend, the Casper College women 17-3 on the year with a 72 55 road win over Northwest DePaul. Casper is 23rd in the country. They got 13 points from Logan Alvar and Joslyn Igo. Casper College men lost to Northwest DePaul in overtime, 93-84 to their 15-5. Jamison Epps had 25 for the T-Birds. Both of the Casper College teams will be in Riverton on Wednesday to meet Central Wyoming College. The LCCC women are 15-4 after a 64-42 win over Central Wyoming over the weekend. They will be at home on against Eastern Wyoming on Wednesday. The LCCC men picked up a win over Central Wyoming, 89-81 over the weekend. Jordan Reed at 28 for the Golden Eagles, and they will play EWC on Wednesday as well. So I was just uh, thinking earlier. So listen, Logan Wilson winds up in the Super Bowl, and, and he did, and he, and he played in the Super Bowl last year. Oh, did he? Okay, so and, and you get an opportunity to, you know, I said, boy, if you can get him on the air, where do you even begin, Frank? Who do you call? Who do I call? Yeah, Ghostbusters. Yo, come on. Now, who do you call? Well, 
I probably could call it the team. Okay, you start there. Yeah. You get a hold of the receptionist for the team. Yeah. She's really good at not letting anyone through. <laughs> right I, I want to talk to Logan Wilson. You're yeah, right. You sure, and everyone right. else. No, dude. really, we're get from his hometown. Yeah, you yeah, and everybody yeah, else get is out from of his here. hometown. That's the hard part here. I wouldn't even know where to begin except just to call the team and get the secretary and say, where do I start with this? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, yeah. I'm surprised you don't have his home number. Didn't you know the guy? Uh, you want your buddies? I can't reveal yeah. what's in my phone. Okay, thank you, Frank. Coming up on Local Business, News Time, Weather Forecast, Wake Up Wyoming.